the whole time I thought, who the hell am I to lead a team of or lead a group of people who are all ahead of me on this path? And it it was the reason why I, I hesitated for so long until I had this massive aha moment from a few conversations where the realization was none of them cared that they were ahead of me. They only cared that I can get them ahead. Meaning um, it doesn't matter someone's status or uh, how established they are or wealthy or whatever it is. Every single human on this planet has their own path that they're walking and they have their own version of a bigger and better future that they're trying to get to. And they have obstacles along the way, no matter who they are. And if you can help them get further down their path faster, that is valuable to them. Hey, what's up, everybody? Welcome to a brand new episode of the None of Your Business podcast. And as you can tell, Lacey and I are once again in two different places. Lacey, back at the home studio in Indianapolis, Indiana, and I'm down in sunny Florida, Naples, um, from the home studio. Uh, and it's interesting, right, because, uh, you know, the pandemic made all of this possible. It was all possible before. But, you know, there's this idea of doing live interviews and even live events has slowly been replaced a little bit by this idea of this virtual connection. Now, very interestingly, I did an in-person interview, not for none of your business, but for someone else's podcast just this morning. And I was saying, how nice is it to be in person? Now, if you know Lacey and I, too, you know that we have always done our events live and in person we never stopped we didn't stop even during the pandemic hosting um, at least three sometimes four live events every single year um but when it comes to live events community is important connection is important um, and we're seeing the return of these live events and one of the absolute masters is joining us here on the none of your business podcast Let's bring him in because I'm super pumped. I'm super excited to learn everything that this man has to offer. Giovanni Marcico, thank you for joining us here on the None of Your Business podcast. Sean and Lacey, thank you for having me. Excited to have you on today. I am thrilled. <laughs> Sean and I are out of sync because we're not in our we're usually in the studio together so we can play off each other so it's always so weird when we're not together when we're getting this thing rolling so take it away babe <laughs> all right well Giovanni we always start with if, if somebody doesn't know who you are uh, we want to give them a little bit of a background but more importantly honestly is if someone does know who you are um, they probably know your work uh, they've probably seen your events. They've probably seen the people that you hang out with and the community that you've built. And what happens is it's very easy for people to look at someone like yourself and be like, well, of course, that's easy for him because and then we make up stories, right? Because he has the right friends, because his parents helped him, because he had an unfair advantage over everyone else. And what we've learned here on the podcast, interviewing new guests every single week 
is that that's almost never the case. In fact, I don't think we've had that yet. Um, normal people with normal problems overcome these problems and they become someone like you. And that's very inspirational to anybody who is maybe facing challenges or wants to be like you in some way, shape or form. So let's start off with your creation story. Tell us how we end up here talking to you today. For sure. So first off, thank you for having me. I run a company called Archangel and we're known for events and coaching and mastermind groups and all of the things, especially for our in-person experiences, because they aren't just um, speakers on a stage. We actually create shows. And the, the simplest way to think about it is imagine Ted meets Cirque du Soleil. So there's entertainment components, there's performances, there's all kinds of fun stuff with thousands of attendees. And everyone who shows up are typically uh, entrepreneurs, change makers, uh, health practitioners, coaches, people who help other people for a living. And it started when I was um, in the real estate space in Toronto, where I live, and did really well, but secretly hated it. But it afforded me the chance to invest in myself and start joining mastermind groups and going to all kinds of conferences thinking, um, this is awesome and I'm learning so much, but I, I feel like an alien. I, I feel like I don't fit into all of these groups because it's, it was either let's just talk about money or let's just talk about helping people. But no one was talking about both at the same time, from my experience, uh, in a way that uh, was synergistic. So I started a, I started a side uh, gig kind of thing, producing small events just to be around people like me in 2014. It, and it scaled so quickly that in 2016, I quit all the real estate stuff, went all in with this Archangel project. We did our first summit in September of 2016 with 1500 people with speakers like Gary Vaynerchuk and Seth Godin and Robin Sharma. Um, and everything sort of took off from there. And we have now become known for our experiences. And we, we do large ones with 3000 people and then small intimate ones with 60 people and everything in between. And it's, um, my, you know, what, one of my favorite things to do is to bring epic people together because we, we grow in community and the pandemic forced us to pause all this. And I'm just really grateful and excited that we can do this again. Yeah, I love that. I, one of the things that you said when you were just telling your story right now, you utilize the terminology change maker. And, you know, Sean and I are in the business of helping service providers make a bigger impact and reach more people. So that's super in alignment with all the things you're talking about, super in alignment with our mission and our goals and what we've set out to do. But I would love to hear um, what your thoughts are on what a change maker truly is and how you came about utilizing that in a lot of your material and, you know, the mission that you have. Well, I think it's it's based on values and philosophy. We believe that uh, money isn't evil. Money's a great amplifier of, of your heart and who you are and that it's not necessarily the mission, but we all have a mission where money is the fuel that um, supports the mission. So the people we surround ourselves with, our whole community and why we use the phrase change makers that we're in the business of changing other people's lives and in the business of creating transformations. And we want to be around other people like us where we can um, support our own change and evolution and transformation so that we can do a lot more for other people. I, you know, our, our tagline for events we do is change yourself, change the world, because 
uh, a lot of people use this change the world phrase and I want to do big things in the world, but you will, your, your business will only grow as much as you do. Right. So I think there has to be a blend of going inward and outward of, of internal transformation of, uh, taking on more responsibility of, uh, maturing as a human. And when that happens, it naturally lends to bigger business and bigger impact. You know, I, as I hear you talk about that, I, I, I always try to put myself into the shoes of the listener, the viewer. And, you know, it's easy when you say, oh, you know, we had Gary Vee and all of these people. And then you talk about change makers and it's easy to get inspired by that. But it's also easy to sometimes hear that, hear, see what people are doing, you know, popularly in the entrepreneur, you know, entrepreneur world, we talk about imposter syndrome. Um, and I love you have this concept of superhero. One of the things about superheroes is almost all of them have this persona where they blend in with the rest of the world. They're not very few superheroes. In fact, I can't think of any superheroes who are just full-time superheroes. They have this part where they, they have to fit in with the rest of the world. Kind of like there's this superhero in, in all of us. Let's talk to the people who kind of have that seed inside of them, but they have that doubt. Um, how have you found it effective to help people realize their full potential and see that superhero inside of them through the courses, programming, masterminds, events, and stuff that you're putting on? Well, to me, there's a couple of topics here that are brilliant. And thank you for bringing them up. Um, the first one is that we all have um, an internal conflict that happens as adults where we desperately want to fit in and we desperately want to stand out. And I think as children, we naturally stand out because we have no filters. And it's amazing, especially if you have kids, you'll, you'll see this in real time. And then society and, and adults and, and the people around us um, program us to fit in because there is safety in fitting in because we have a lot of this old programming uh, from 10,000 years ago that if you're not part of the tribe, you're dead. Some tiger's gonna eat you. And yet we also, have things that are unique and special about us uh, that make us stand out that is usually beaten out of us as children. Meaning, uh, I, I bet for both of you and everyone watching and listening, at some point when you were young, you got in trouble for things or you were told to stop doing things. For some people, it was stop speaking up, stop being so loud, you should fit in. Uh, for me, it was stop dreaming, stop, you know, get your head out of the clouds. We, we all have these kinds of messages that uh, unprogram our, our uniqueness and sometimes that thing that makes us stand out that makes us unique that makes us really different feels like a curse because of how much it makes us stand out and uh for many of us we learn to hate that thing until hopefully we discover that it's that uniqueness that can be monetized it's that uniqueness that can be of value to other people the most and i you know i um when I was in grade school, uh, the whole school board did IQ testing and I was labeled gifted. I scored really high. So once a week I would go to a different school for gifted class. And then when I was bused back to my regular school, I was bullied for being smart, which is very weird and very painful. Mm -hmm. And I hated the word gifted. I just, I was like, this is the thing that makes me stand out. Why can't I just be like everybody else? Until high school, I discovered comic books. Uh, and this is in, in the nineties when it wasn't cool. Uh, you were called nerd or a geek, and those words were bad words. 
And the first X-Men comic I ever opened, on the very first page, it said Xavier's School for Gifted Youngsters. And there was that word again, but now it meant superpower. And it changed my whole life because this word I learned to hate, I realized, wait a minute, the whole point of the X-Men is these people have these things that make them stand out. And then they meet this awesome group of mutants or um, special people who teach them how to use that thing that makes them stand out to help other people. And when I was in high school, I said, when I grow up, I want to lead a team of real life superheroes, which is what our community is. So it's people who have a thing that makes them stand out that they use to help other people. And I just show them how to switch that around and be a bigger change maker, make more impact by being themselves. It's the simplest thing ever. You don't have to hide. You don't have to put on a persona or be someone else. You can literally be yourself. And that's who we are and what we do. And it's, it's wild still to be able to say that my childhood dream of leading a team of superheroes has come true. And now we're making mm-hmm. what I call real life superhero movies, which is kind of the, the other cool thing that we're doing, showcasing real stories of people um, who are helping a lot of other people. Lacey, before you jump in, um, I just want to ask um, for Giovanni to share with us how people can find out more. Because right there, I, I hate when like there's a podcast, a show, and you got to wait till the very end to find out. <laughs> because after you said that, everybody's going to everybody's gonna want to go. Like, So how can we find out about the next event? How do we get involved? How do we get plugged in? The simplest thing is follow me on Instagram uh, at giftedwithgeo. Uh, and if you want to check out the movie, it's called Dreamer. Uh, it's on Apple. If you have Apple stuff, it's on Google. Uh, and in the U.S. only, it's on Amazon.com. I love it. I Just listening to your story, a couple of things come up for me. And I think number one, um, I somebody said this line once that, that you should never dilute your dreams for others. And we do that so often. And I remember hearing that and it rang so true. And it's something I think about all the time. But really what I hear you saying is that you recognize that people dilute themselves, not just their dreams, but who they actually are for the world around them and for others. And so even if you have the ability to recognize your uniqueness, which I'm sure you come across a lot of people that do, um, the transformation from going to this diluted self to amplifying this unique self, who you really are, that can't be easy for a lot of people. You know, people do get, you know, like you said you were bullied. A lot of people can't take that kind of um, harshness in their world. And even though they're trying to transform into who they truly are, a lot of people I have met or have coached or have mentored, I see them stop short because of the perception and what they get from the outside world. So do you have any advice for people that are trying to transform, how they can get through some of that transformation just a little bit easier, maybe like a a mindset shift or something that they can hold on to throughout that process? Well, there's a couple of important things. First, uh, a major lesson I've learned even recently in the past few years is that um, personality isn't permanent. There's actually a great book with that title by my friend, Dr. Benjamin Hardy. And I, I, I label this process identity engineering. The idea is that um, who you are or who you think you are can be changed. And your personality or, um, you know, if, if you were a character of a story, your, your identity isn't fixed. And you could probably prove it to yourself to think if, if you had a time machine and you went back 10 years 
are you the exact same person? You've probably changed and grown a lot. Um, and if that is true for you, then you can actually engineer who your future self can become with a lot of micro changes to how you behave and how you act. Right. So I, I hear people use phrases like it's just the way I am. And I, you know, excuse my language, I call bullshit on those kinds of things because you can change any aspect of your personality, every behavior traits. A lot of them are learned skills. Like to me, confidence is a learned skill. It's not an attribute. It's not a thing you're necessarily born with. And a lot of the frustrations people have with themselves, with their own behaviors are simply because they've built habit and a comfort zone around how they're behaving, even if it isn't serving them. And it's, it's uncomfortable to act in the opposite way, but that's where the growth happens. You know, your, your growth happens outside your comfort zone. So I think the, you know, if, if there's a thing I could instill in people, it's that your personality isn't permanent. And you, if you think about, um, uh, a future that you want to create or a giant dream for the future. And imagine that out of all of the infinite versions of your future self, there's one version of you that has made that dream come true. Um, try to imagine who that person is and how they're behaving and then reverse engineer to today. And, and instead of only thinking about what do I have to do to make that dream come true, to think who do I have to become and shifting that paradigm has been a game changer for me and the people around me that focusing more on, um, shifting and evolving identity to match the big dream versus what are all the actions uh that i have to do oh i i love this I, before you go sean because i have to say i've been talking to all of my clients and telling them that you know, they create so many plans for their future they create goals for their business they create goals around what relationships they want to deepen and yet they never have like a me plan like what is my plan for myself and so for the year in review, I've been encouraging them to do just that. Look back on who, who you were in certain situations and ask yourself in the future, who do I need to show up as in a difficult situation? Who do I need to show up as in times of stress? Who do I need to show up as to reach that goal? Because I love that. Nobody does the me component. They do the do component. And there's this mismatch oftentimes between where I'm trying to go and who I have to be to get there. So I, I love that concept and, and identity engineering. If you don't mind, I'm going to swipe that because that just is, that's an amazing concept. I love it. Absolutely. Well, I'm going to shift gears slightly, um, which Giovanni, this happens sometimes on the podcast. I'm going to blame Lacey. Um, <laughs> I'm going to say that I'm going to disagree slightly. Um, Perfect. I like to talk about in, you know, Every entrepreneur group ever talks about ideal clients and we talk about who they are, et cetera, et cetera. And I think that ideal client really boils down to a belief system. I always ask people, what would you have to believe in order to become a client, right? So it's a belief system. And we really don't put a lot of effort into that thought process. But then you were talking about what would I have to become? But I see a big obstacle in my journey to becoming who I would need to become if I don't think about and quantify what would I have to believe. Mm -hmm. So I'm going to come back to the superheroes again because these this all kind of comes together. You had said that early in your career, you were part of mastermind groups and a lot of them just got together and talked about money. And that's very true. It's very common. One of the reasons why I believe that happens is that 
for a lot of us as youngsters, when we looked at that comic book and we started to dive into the into this superhero world, that most of the time the villains were rich, and most of the times the superheroes are poor. So then we start to shape our minds to well, look, it's the rich people of the world that are vilified because they're always doing bad stuff, and God forbid that I become one of them. And so. Inside of this idea of who would I have to become, as I forecast for me personally, and you're doing that exercise, I'm thinking like, who would I have to become? But I'm also thinking, what would I have to believe? And I would have to have a series of beliefs around money that did not vilify money and allowed me to understand that money was positive and could be used for a lot of things. In fact, I could give it away if I had it first. From your experience, what are some of the biggest obstacles that you've seen your clients and your community have to deal with around belief systems that are holding us back? And it is purely just a belief. It's not, we don't even know it to be true, but we believe it to be so. And that's why we don't step into our own greatness. I love this topic so much because going back to uh, language that was given to us when we were young, things that were programmed into us we you know um you're not born with any beliefs they're all given to you and the ones you were given growing up are the ones that become your truth because you have no other frame of context and it, they're given to you by people that you trust for your survival and often when it comes to money depending on uh circumstance and and the people around you your your parents neighborhood whatever it is they all have their own beliefs around these kinds of systems that they're giving to you. And for me, I, I didn't grow up in a wealthy neighborhood, a wealthy family. Um, so the rich people in quotes were other people that weren't us. And, you know, we had, we had cousins who had uh, a lot of money, so they were our rich cousins. And I put that in quotes because what that defined for me was that I'm not one of them. I didn't understand that this programming was happening. And it was running in the background, and I think it happens for a lot of us. So I think part of this whole process is to start questioning the things you consider truth as maybe they were implanted beliefs, and what would it look like if I believed something else? You know, if you could uh, imagine there was a, um, a belief store where you can go in, walk in, and take beliefs off the shelf, which ones would you actually want that would serve you the most? based on the future that you want to get to. And part of this whole process is uh, a shift in belief, a shift in how you think and how you act. But uh, someone mentioned this quote to me. I don't know who originated it. I love it. But what they said was, it is easier to act your way into a new way of thinking than think your way into a new way of acting. Mm. So part of how I think I've shaped myself and how I've helped people is uh, when you have a belief or uh, um, something about your personality, let's say, that you think isn't serving you, but you feel stuck because it's, it's the way you kind of show up all the time and you're comfortable, to ask what is the opposite and what's one tiny behavior, micro habit, something small that I can do that will be uncomfortable because I'm not used to it, but will be in more alignment with that like, version of my future self that I'm trying to get to so that I can prove the old story false. And I think part of this is, um, and what really helped me was that I created my own community of that I needed who didn't believe my old story. 
Mm-hmm. Right. So one of the biggest challenges a lot of us will face is that even as you're evolving and shifting into this future version of yourself and, and uh, for the two of you, tell me if this happens to you too, um, you're evolving, you're changing, let's say over a five year period. And then you meet someone you haven't seen in 10 years that only knew you as your former self. You almost revert back and, and you're like, what the hell is happening? <laughs> Not realizing, Oh yeah, that, this is how powerful this, this stuff is. Right. And those people see you through a different lens. And I think it even happens with family. Like my okay. parents, it's take, and they're still shifting. I'm, I'm 46 and they're still young. They're in their like late sixties. Um, but they still see me as little me and not as me now. Um, I think it's, it's slowly now they finally get what I do. Um, it's been a while. <laughs> Uh, we talk about that all the time. Our parents is are never going to fully get what we do, right? Entrepreneurship? What? <laughs> yeah. But that happens to a lot of us. You, you or old high school friends that haven't seen you, and then you, your speech pattern might even change back to how they used to be. It's it's a strange phenomenon, but it's proof that identity can change. Oh my gosh! When you said that too, I was thinking back um, when we were um, in Las Vegas with David Meltzer doing an interview with Albert Preciado, who said that his father specifically told him, he asked like, dad, what is that? And his father said, not for us. And I thought, wow, like how powerful, that's not for us, son. You know, driving a Bentley, that's not for us. Having that house, that's not for us. Um, And man, a lot of times that's indelible. I got to tell you, I loved that idea of these micro actions that we could act our way into a new way of thinking. I think that I, I hope that everybody fully comprehends that concept because it is hard to just sit on your couch and think your way into a new way of thinking. It's almost impossible, but I love the idea of the micro actions. And, you know, Lacey, you talk about this a lot, the evidence, so I can do the micro actions and I can begin to see the evidence that my old way of thinking was false. Yeah, it's really interesting because I, 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 when you were telling that whole story, the first thing that came up for me are what kinds of things actually reinforce people's old stories for them and how do they break those? Because it's not just the micro actions. And then you brought up the friends and then you got up, brought up the family. But I, I, I know as humans, like that's our natural tendency. We are comfortable in our old story and we look for ways to reinforce that. Right. So that's a very hard component of the transformation process. It's very hard for people to get rid of people that always put them back into that place that they once were, not who they are actually becoming, right? And we see our clients struggle with that all the time. So I love that you created a community of people that reinforce a new way of thinking, a new belief system, a new you. But is there anything else that comes to mind, maybe some books you've read or some tools that people utilize that you surround yourself with that you think would be beneficial for somebody that is trying to work on changing their beliefs and, and releasing who they once were. Well, um, Sean mentioned imposter syndrome, which Mm -hmm. is another topic I love and have suffered through in the past. And I want to share how I overcame it because I think that could be super useful. One of the things I wanted to do a few years ago, uh, one of my dreams was to start a, uh, mastermind group for people who are ahead of me on this entrepreneurial path. So people running, uh, let's say eight figure businesses with bigger teams and more revenue. And, and uh, the whole time I thought, 
who the hell am I to lead a team of or lead a group of people who are all ahead of me on this path? And it it was the reason why I, I hesitated for so long until I had this massive aha moment from a few conversations where the realization was none of them cared that they were ahead of me. They only cared that I can get them ahead, meaning um, it doesn't matter someone's status or uh, how established they are or wealthy or whatever it is. Every single human on this planet has their own path that they're walking and they have their own version of a bigger and better future that they're trying to get to. And they have obstacles along the way, no matter who they are. And if you can help them get further down their path faster, that is valuable to them and you become valuable to them. And it's based going back to the whole superpower gift thing. One thing I am great at is curating amazing people with each other. And when someone is really successful as a founder or entrepreneur, something that they struggle with is a peer group because they're the one that everyone comes to to solve problems. But then when they have a problem, they don't know who to turn to. Like they're at the summit of their own mountain and what they desire is to be around other people like them. But vetting friendships is challenging. I save them so much time because when someone joins one of our groups, they have instant intimacy. They know that I've curated the right people and they know that if someone new shows up, they're one of us. And that is hugely time saving, right? I think no matter what business anyone is in, we're in the business of giving people their time back. And if you save a wealthy person time to them, their time might be worth a thousand bucks an hour or 10,000 bucks an hour. That is amazing for them. Even if you're doing the same work you would have been doing with someone else. Mm -hmm. Right? So for me, I've, uh, understanding that and by the way the other wild thing about this is that people in this group it's called the archangel council that i run um almost all of them have their own version of imposter syndrome in the present day which i thought well that's nuts but every single one of them has things they struggle with every single one of them has an area where they feel like a uh, a beginner right so they may have built a half a billion dollar business but they don't know internet marketing or they have um whatever, like a giant uh, 10 million Instagram followers, but they don't know something else. And they all feel this imposter syndrome in some area. And I think what defines people like this group is that they have the courage to be a beginner and to work through it anyways, to build up the skill set and the capabilities that lead to the confidence in those areas. I'm going to ask you somewhat of a selfish question to wrap up, but also I, I think it's, it's on an advanced level. A lot of people, you know, Lacey and I talk all the time about, you know, this is the way to create community. And I love that you were very intentional about intentional about the community you created because you created a community that actually was very self-serving, but it helped you to shift yourself to become an even greater version of yourself while helping them to be greater versions of themselves. Perfect. This is that was absolutely amazing. You talk about curating relationships. This is part of that imposter syndrome or part of the fear in creating community. It's something that Lacey and I personally have gone through. I always say, listen, there's two types of people. And the first type is far more common. Those are the takers. And then you have givers. There's people that understand um, being in fair exchange and actually being out of balance and giving more than they're taking, leaving the world in a better place or in a better way than how they found it. But you talk about curating these relationships. Tell us some 
tips that you have learned through this process, I'm sure you've been burned, um, <laughs> that have helped you to accelerate time and begin to understand the quality of an individual, um, whether they're givers or takers, whether they're, quote, one of us. How do we get there faster? Because look, scam artists, they know what they're doing too, and they put their best foot forward. They're really good at making us think that they're one of us. Uh, I think, you know, I mean, we've all had these stories of, of people who, uh, well, can I just say something funny that I love? Uh, yes. anyone, struggling, <laughs> anyone struggling with imposter syndrome, I want you to know that um, actual imposters can't have imposter syndrome. So the huh. fact that you're feeling it means that you're on the right track. That mean, It simply means you need to be uncomfortable to grow. An mm. actual imposter, the kind of people that I think you're talking about, they, uh, they don't feel the syndrome. They don't feel any, mm. they, they're just an imposter. And uh, we've all dealt with people like this. I, I've, I think I'm really good at the curation component so that I don't let them get in because one bad apple can spoil a lot of things. And I've, I've experienced that and I've experienced having to remove some from our communities. And it's, I think creating that boundary and creating that safe space for people to show up to be themselves um, and a safe space to be uncomfortable, which is a contradiction or feels like it is, but it isn't. Mm -hmm. uh, it's like comfortable to be uncomfortable where you get to get to be yourself and share all of your uh, wins and, and brags in a way that people won't look at you weird, but also share the struggles and things you're going through in a safe space where people want to support your growth. And um, I, I, th I believe that growth happens in curated community um, and to surround yourself with people who are in some way further than you, who can shortcut that time for you. And I think, you know, if anyone listening or watching, um, if you're not part of some kind of community of peers like this, then find one because it is the fastest path to your future. No, no one grows alone. Uh, I have a friend who on a phone call said something in, in so quick that I had to ask him to repeat it twice because it was so powerful. And he said, uh, the problems with the phrases um, self-development and personal growth are the words self and personal because these kinds of things don't happen in a vacuum. It is far easier to grow uh, whether it's your uh, business or personal growth, uh, it's far easier to grow in community. Love it. Absolutely love it. Let's give everybody um, the Instagram handle, the website again. And I want to encourage everybody, please check this out. I mean, I, I, I don't know, Lacey, it's been a long time since we've had um, a guest that I was like, wow, I feel like um, I feel like we're talking to ourselves here. Yeah. Like we're, we're the, I'm try, I try to find I try to find the, the the points of friction so that I can kind of play play the the the, the adversary, but not too much, not too much. I agree with everything you're saying. How do people find you and get in touch with you? At gifted with geo is Instagram. Um, Archangel.cc is the website. Uh, Please find Instagram is the best. DM me, say hi, tell me that you heard me here. Let's chat. I, I love helping people who love helping people. And by the way, one last thing about the givers thing. Um, you know, I, I consider our community a group of super givers, where we go above and beyond and understand the value of giving into a relationship. And I have this phrase about events we do. You know, I say that you walk in with one gift and you leave with hundreds because if. The problem with being a giver is that it's easy to be taken advantage of by takers. However, if you're in a 
a, a secure environment with a group of super givers, we're all excited to help each other. And at the end result is we're all further ahead, which is amazing. That is absolutely amazing. Lacey and I are going to have to come and check out one of your events as well. Absolutely phenomenal. Um, I want to encourage everybody, listen, please, please, please plug in with Giovanni. I got to tell you, you know, we do literally a couple of these interviews every single day, whether we're interviewing or being interviewed every single week, sorry, not every day, but we, every week we're with different people and it's rare that you find somebody that you truly can feel even across an internet connection. You can feel that synergy and connection. I hope that you guys feel that on this episode. I hope that you'll bookmark this and realize this is a very special episode. Giovanni left you with some incredible, absolutely incredible gems that all you have to do is kind of like what he was saying. You hear it and you're like, wait a minute, what'd you say? You've got to go back and you've got to capture that. And then most importantly, you have to act on it. Don't just let this be the podcast that you heard while you were running on the treadmill. Let this turn into a podcast that was transformational for you. Giovanni, thank you so much for being with us. We super value your time and thank you for being here. For everybody else, thank you as well for listening. We'll be back again. I don't know how we're going to top this one, but we'll definitely try next week right here on the None of Your Business Podcast.